Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is MT1, and you're listening to MT1's Kindness Network. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Kindness Network is a program where I ask my listeners to perform daily acts of kindness and to call into the show to discuss their experiences with giving, receiving, or witnessing acts of kindness. My belief is that as we become more aware of the kindness around us, the better our daily lives will be. 646-716-6933 is our phone number. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Again, 646-716-6933. If you have a kindness experience that you are able to share with us, and I'd like to share a, a kindness experience that I had this uh, this past week. And uh, this kindness moment is uh, brought to you by Starbucks. <laughs> At least it should be. Um, if you've been listening to any of my previous Kindness Network programs, you're probably aware that several of my kindness moments that I have shared uh, have occurred at Starbucks. I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that I feed my Starbucks addiction almost daily, but I am grateful to be able to afford such a luxury, as I know that many are struggling with these difficult economic times that we have today. Um, The experience I wanted to share with you um, is actually related to a previous experience that I shared with my listeners a couple of weeks ago. On that program, I mentioned how I bought a coffee for a a woman at Starbucks when we were notified that we were, the store could not accept cash that morning. Um, Apparently, they had misplaced their key to the cash drawer and they couldn't open the cash register and they could only swipe cards to complete transactions. And I had a Starbucks card and offered to pay for the woman's coffee who was in front of me who didn't have her purse and only had her cash. Well, Excuse me. Well, last Thursday morning, I arrived and ordered my black coffee, just like almost every other weekday morning. And when my coffee was served to me, April, my barista that morning, uh, told me that my coffee had already been paid for. Um, although I didn't see the woman whose coffee I had purchased, um, apparently she had been in earlier in the that morning and um, had paid for my coffee in advance of me getting there. Um, so, you know. The woman who was the recipient of my kind act a couple of weeks ago returned my favor uh, with a kind act of her own. And yes, it perhaps it seems like a small gesture, um, but it affected me in a in a profound way. Um, it really uh, it really made my my Thursday morning, and um, I was blessed with a feeling of well-being that I talk about almost every week. Um, the feeling which results from giving, receiving, or witnessing an act of kindness. Uh, some people like to call it the helper's high. Do you have a kindness experience that you can share with us today? 646-716-6933 is the number to call if you do. Also, uh, since I had no responses to last week's kindness question, I'm going to use the same kindness question from last week, which was, Who was it that said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless? Was it A, Mother Teresa, B, Gandhi, C, the Dalai Lama, or D, Rush Limbaugh? 646-716-6933. If 
you'd like to attempt to guess at today's kindness question, or if you have a kindness experience that you would share with us. I would like to share with you a little something that I found on www.intouchmag.com. And um, this is a letter that uh, was written to the In Touch magazine um, from uh, Trisha Crabtree. And I really'd like to share this one with you this morning for today. And it says, Dear readers, as a parent, I couldn't help but pass along my daughter's story. My daughter, Taylor Marie Crabtree, age seven, started a business called Tay Bear. It's T-A-Y-B-E-A-R, Tay Bear Company. She makes and sells hand-painted hair clips at local stores. When she started her business, I assumed that she wanted extra spending money, but then she told me the purpose for her business. Taylor was going to buy teddy bears for children with cancer. She said that the kids probably have lots of sadness in their lives, and she wanted them to have something special to hug and to hug them back. Taylor wanted them to know that even strangers care about them. She set her goal at 500 teddy bears. I thought her too high goal was that of a child that didn't really understand. I was the one that didn't understand. The media picked up on Taylor's project, and our community has embraced her efforts. But help has come from far beyond our little community. Taylor has received donations from strangers that live thousands of miles away, just from word of mouth. It has been rather like a chain letter from the heart. With her scribbly second-grade handwriting, she wrote each person with her appreciation and an update on her project. She has also expanded her project to include over 100 other children, including special needs kids, as helpers. Taylor wanted other kids to feel that they, too, were capable of helping others in their own way. Along the way, she also raised her goal to 700 teddy bears. What is truly amazing is that she has sold over 1,000 hair clips. She buys supplies over the Internet. She has email letters going between herself and the marketing directors of several large companies. They offer advice. She keeps financial records of all donations, supplies, sales, checking account activity. Yes, she even has a business account. And has arranged for some corporate donations. The local supermarket even stuffs grocery bags with her flyers and has donation cans, cans at their registers. I listened in amazement as she discussed the huggability of the teddy bears with vendors and later ordered 700 teddy bears after soliciting uh, or negotiating a lower price. I think that's awesome. But she has also been very clear that none of this is about her, but about helping the kids with cancer. Taylor has been touched by so many people on her journey while selling hair clips, one woman began questioning her about her project. She was very suspicious about just where the collected money was going. Taylor gladly talked on and on about the little steps that she had taken to that point about, and about children and cancer. Looking on, I noticed that the woman's suspicions had turned to sadness. She became teary-eyed and stopped Taylor in mid-sentence. She then leaned down and hugged Taylor 
from a place very deep in her heart. She then told Taylor that her eight-year-old son had died just five months before from cancer and that she would have been very proud to have had one of her teddy bears. Every day after selling, Taylor and her helpers talk about the people who had touched their hearts. Maybe it was the homeless man who had donated 11 cents and was surprised when he was told that was plenty of money to buy a hair clip. He and Taylor stood together, choosing just the right hair clip for his lady friend. Or maybe it was the young woman who was flying back home the next day to say goodbye for the last time to her father, who was dying from cancer. Perhaps it was the man who drove all the way to his bank and back in order to order, buy a, a hair clip from, for his mom. He said that his dad had recently died from cancer. He wanted a child to have a teddy bear in his dad's memory. With each hair clip or donation has come so many memories and a realization that when working towards a goal from your heart, the journey too is part of the experience. Taylor once told me, how could not people see angels? They're everywhere. On a recent trip to the cancer center, Taylor was giving an art class on making hair clips. She met many very sick kids. On the drive home, she talked of Brianna, a three-year-old girl who had one eye removed in order to reach a cancerous tumor in her brain. Taylor enjoyed meeting her and talked about Brianna's beautiful smile and personality. Taylor stopped for stopped talking for a moment and then said, I really hope she likes my bear. Taylor will be continuing her work and wants to reach even more children with cancer and could use a hug from a teddy bear. Who could use a hug from a teddy bear? If you would like to send her your thoughts, you can reach her via email at taybear, that's T-A-Y-B-E-A-R, at bigfoot.com, or by writing to Taybear Company, care of this magazine. Um, thank you for your time in reading my little girl's story, and I hope you remember to see the angels all around us, even the little ones. Wow. Um, never underestimate the uh, the power of kindness. I um, I'm deeply touched by that little girl story, and uh, she really has inspired me. And uh, I hope she has touched and inspired you as well. Um, we'll be right back.
we're back. Um, I've noticed that, once again, Block Talk Radio is having technical difficulties. Um, my switchboard has crashed a few times already. Um, but um, I hope you still attempt to give us a call. Um, and once again, I'd, I'd like to take a moment, if you don't mind, uh, to recite an excerpt from Dr. Chopra's kindness affirmation. Today, I will look at the world through the eyes of kindness. I will focus on that part of myself that is inseparably one with all that exists. I will pay attention to the connection with my source and all that exists. Today, I will look at the world through the eyes of kindness. I will realize that loving kindness is my essential nature. I will express loving kindness in my thoughts in my feelings, in my speech, and in my actions. Today, I will look at the world through the eyes of kindness. Please pick up the phone and dial 646-716-6933 and share a kindness experience that you have had this past week. Um, assuming that my switchboard comes back up and just crashed again. Um, technical difficulties, um seem to be plaguing blog talk radio at the moment um but please um don't let that deter you um please try to um reach us at 646-716-6933 and share a kindness experience that you've had in the past week either giving receiving or witnessing an act of kindness love to hear from you so light up my switchboard with your kindness calls or if you'd like um, maybe you can answer our kindness question. Who was it that said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless? Was it A, Mother Teresa, B, Gandhi, C, Rush Limbaugh, I'm sorry, C, the Dalai Lama, or D, Rush Limbaugh? Um, this week, I'd like to uh, mention a website that I think is worth visiting. It's www.humankindness.org. Um, this organization was founded by Bo and Sita Lozoff. I'm going to read to you uh, a few words from the humankindness.org website. The Human Kindness Foundation, founded by Bo and Sita Lozoff, is a non-profit organization which stresses a way of life based on three common principles taught by the great sages of all religions, simple living, a dedication to service, and a commitment to per personal spiritual practice. Along with its internationally respected prison ashram project, the foundation sponsors and schedules Bo Lozoff talks, workshops, and concerts, all of which are infused with a guiding philosophy. The website offers access to articles and podcasts, Bo Lozoff's morning readings, and a list of our friends and organizations we support. In the midst of global crises such as pollution, wars, famine, and famine, kindness may be too easily dismissed as a soft issue or a luxury to be addressed after the urgent problems are solved. But kindness is the greatest need in all of those areas. Kindness 
towards the environment, towards other nations, towards the needs of people who are suffering, until we reflect basic kindness in everything we do, our political gestures will be fleeting and fragile. Bo's first book, We're All Doing Time, now in its 17th printing, is hailed by the Village Voice as one of the 10 books everyone in the world should read and is acclaimed by prison staff and prisoners alike as one of the most helpful books ever written for true self-improvement and rehabilitation. Um, Bo's newsletter, posted on kindnessfoundation.org, um, has an article written by Bo, and I um, felt that uh, this was something that I also wanted to share with you today. Bo says, Dear family, in the ancient Hindu epic, the Ramayana, I'm sorry, I probably butchered that, there is a passage where Rama, a young prince who is actually God born as a human being, is supposed to be made king the next day. And his people are the happiest people in the world because they love him so much. There's a classic line in this part of the story that I have remembered so many times in my life. Quote, Many things go wrong in the dark night before the king is made, unquote. How true. And sure enough, that very night, an evil influence overtakes Rama's stepmother, and instead of being crowned king, Rama is unjustly exiled by his father and ordered to spend 14 years in the forest as a wandering, wandering beggar, enduring hardships and danger. The kingdom is plunged into incredible grief. Now the people are the unhappiest people in the world. They cannot believe it. They don't know how they will survive this loss. They don't know how they will ever be happy again, how they will be able to laugh or have any pleasure while they know that Prince Rama is sleeping on the ground somewhere in the pathless forest, eating roots and leaves, enduring insect bites, and having to keep watch for snakes, lions, wolves, and jackals. This is the worst thing that has ever happened in their country, the worst times they have ever known. Everyone in the kingdom is totally freaked out except for two people, Prince Rama himself and his family's old wise man, Vashishita. I probably butchered that name too. I apologize. When the king's warrior says to, I'm going to shorten his name to Vash, <laughs> when the king's Warrior says to Vash, Priest, the world has gone to hell. Vash calmly replies, I see the world much the same as ever. When someone says to Rama, Disobey your father, don't go. We'll imprison him and make you king. Ram, Rama kindly says, Give up your anger. The palace or the forest are the same to me. This is an important paradox to understand for our spiritual journeys. The palace or the forest are the same to me. The same in, a, in what way? Certainly not the same in comfort or safety or wealth or social interactions. Yet there are prisoners reading this newsletter who do not know how it is the same in a sense to be in a palace or the forest or to be on the streets or in a prison the way life is actually the way life is actually always the same 
just an endless procession of events that make us happy or sad, up or down, the worldly person in us sees good times and bad times, big days and little days, while the old wise man deep inside us sees every day as equal, just one more opportunity to make choices about whether to be kind or unkind, selfish or unselfish, helpful or harmful, whatever we may be. Both the charioteur and the wise men are right. This is a horrible time for their nation, and the world is much the same as ever, good times and bad times going round and round the wheel of time and destiny. Being able to hold this paradox is an important key to our peace of mind. People who hold only to the dramas will never find peace because the events of their lives will keep them dancing like puppets on a string, happy one day, miserable the next. But people who hold only to the always the same view can become passive, lazy, or detached like many of the hippies did in the 60s. Nothing is real, nothing to get hung about, strawberry fields forever. That's, I believe, a Beatles quote. Uh, One popular spiritual teacher today claims that she is in a state of uninterrupted bliss and promises that you can be too. Yikes. Who wants to be in a state of uninterrupted bliss when children are starving? The warrior and the wise men are passionately engaged parts parts of us, and the calm, unruffled observer both have their place. The way Jesus put it is, be in the world, but not of the world. The warrior in us is in the world, while the wise man in us is not of the world. Our warrior self must keep the action moving, must do what is right, take a stand, get involved on the side of what is good, while our deeper self stays still and reminds us that right and wrong will always be rolling along in tension with each other, and we will never have complete control over our destiny. The warrior sets responsibility, I'm sorry, the warrior acts responsibly while the sage remembers life is a great mystery, a great adventure story, not just an endless burdensome battle between right and wrong. Prince Rama knows his life will bring ups and downs wherever he lives, and so he can accept these 14 years of hardship as part of the package of being alive. He knows that his life will be a spiritual adventure, whether he lives it in the palace or in the future or forest. Do you? We presently live in a world of horrors, hardship, injustice, and unfairness for the vast majority of creatures on this planet. Some of the very readers of this newsletter are sitting in prison for crimes they did not commit. Our own nation is subjugating countries all over the globe to support our addiction to consumer crap that has made our children the unhappiest kids on the planet, yet always wanting more. Antidepressants are the most prescribed drug in America, and murder is one of the, most le- is one of the leading causes of death among teenagers. Our politicians talk and talk without ever addressing our deep unhappiness and dysfunction. Total denial. No time for truth. Gotta just keep shopping.
keep the economy rolling. These are sad and difficult times for our nation and for the world. Our spiritual challenge is to embrace the paradox of Rama's exile. Can we honestly acknowledge this period of adversity so that we can act with great courage and compassion to make things better? Yet, at the same time, understand this is part of the cycle of human events, part of the cycle of world history. Can we act great, as the Islamic poet Hafiz tells us, while also being the Beatles full on the hill, watching life and do whatever it must? Can we take full responsibility for doing our part in the world, um, our prisons, our home, our community, to make them a safer and kinder place, while never doubting that life is unfolding with a level of perfection we will never fully comprehend? Can we have faith in the line from the one of many songs that says, Life is good, even when it's not great, so you don't give up on yourself? There's another great quote from an old movie, Starman. You human beings are fascinating creatures. You seem to be at your best when things are at their worst. My own guru, Neem Ngang, I can't even say his name, once said, I love to suffer. It brings me so close to God. Okay, maybe I can't honestly say I love to suffer, and maybe you can't either, but we can certainly admit that we think of God more when we do suffer. I run into many people who seem scared stiff of suffering, scared stiff of acknowledging that suffering may be a big part of the spiritual journey, or that life is hard work. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy crowd that you find in many New Thought churches. Just don't put any energy into the negative, and it will not exist. But fear and denial do not lead to peace. We begin to feel that peace when we begin to feel peace when we let it all in, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We are humbly when we humbly accept our portions of the cross while at the same time never giving in giving up on our faith that life is worth it, even sitting in an isolated cell somewhere. Life is worth it. There is something real and beautiful and wonderful behind it all. And we catch glimpses of that constantly in our, if our eyes, hearts, and minds are open to them. There's a good reason to do spiritual practice and take re reasonable care of the mind, body, and spirit. But it doesn't exempt us from our share of human suffering. No one has an easy life for long, and no one gets out of this unscathed. We get sliced, diced, and french fried, freeze-dried, and crucified by the time it's all over. We may barely recognize ourselves. Sita and I are in our 60s. I'm losing my hearing. Sita gets tired in the afternoon. The natural changes of life take hold on all of us, no matter what fancy supplements we may take, what our magazines that we read about staying youthful. Staying youthful is not the goal. Do you hear that, America? Staying youthful is not the goal. The goal is to teach, touch the deep stuff while you're here. Beauty, love, talent, skill, sacrifice, transformation, gratitude, generosity of spirit, real friendship, and of course, the peace that passes 
surpass this understanding. And that is what is always the same, whether we are in the palace or the forest. We always, we are always somewhere, and we are, and there are always good things going on around us, and always things to watch out for, always difficult people or situations to deal with, and we always have the opportunity to be among the many people who stay calm and choose faith, who choose love, and choose goodwill, who choose to see and touch the beautiful in life, and not to be thrown by the ugly. We don't succeed at this by denying the ugly, but by including it. And by focusing our precious energy on the choices we have of how to respond to life, not wasting our energy on what life is doing to us at any given time. This is what we've got. Now, how do you wish to respond to it? All my love, Bo. Okay, I'm going to take another musical break. Um, and if you want to stop the music, just call 646-716-6933, and I'll stop the music and take your calls, assuming that uh, Blog Talk Radio doesn't continue to crash on me like it has been. But um, in any event, um, we'll be right back.
Okay, we're back. Any takers for this week's kindness question? Who was it that said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless? Was it Mother Teresa, Gandhi, the Dalai Lama, or Rush Limbaugh? 646-716-6933 if you want to venture a guess. Looks like the switchboard is up again, so looks like the I can take a call if you'd venture a call um, to 646-716-6933. Um, or if you have an experience giving, receiving, or witness, witnessing kindness in your life this past week. Um, before the break, I was talking about the, uh, the website humankindness.org, um, where one of the major focuses of that organization is, to, is the work that they do with prisoners who are incarcerated in our nation's prisons. And some people might think that you know, prisoners are criminals. Why are they deserving of kindness? Shouldn't kindness be given to those more deserving? Well, my belief is that all of us, no matter what sins we have committed, we are all deserving of and capable of kindness. In fact, my belief is that only through our essential nature of kindness can we find true happiness, fulfillment, and maybe even God. I'd like to read a few more words from Bo Lozoff. Um, these words appear on humankindness.org. Um, in the newsletter section, um, the most recent letter, um, by the way, is entitled um, A Little Good News, and Bo says, Practice becoming the right kind of simpleton. The idea of being at home whenever, wherever we are, like virtually every other part of our spiritual journey, has a lot to do with faith. It's easy to say, I'm a person of faith, but what does it mean? To us in a practical way? How does it affect our experiences and our state of mind all throughout the day? Are we just using empty words when we talk about faith? Do we put any more time into it? We may believe in food, but we still have to make the time to eat. When I was a small child, my father was paralyzed by a massive stroke that wiped out the left side of his brain which is the side that has to do with thinking, intellect, reasoning, and communicating. For the first couple of years, he barely recognized us or had any memory of who he was. But as he survived longer and longer, he regained the ability to say a word, say a word here or there. And although the right side of his brain, um, right side of his body, was totally useless, he learned how to hobble around the house with a brace on his right leg and a cane in his left hand. He couldn't understand any complicated chains of words or sophisticated ideas. He would listen to what other people were talking about and maybe just have just the most general notion of what was going on. In the truest sense of the word, my dad had become a simpleton. But God was kind to this sweet, crippled man. His mind was wiped out, but he had a humble and innocent heart that left quite an effect on those of us who knew him. Sita and I were married during the height of the Vietnam War, and our nation was very divided, much as we are now, on why we were sending our young men across the globe to kill and die. At our wedding reception in 1966, Sita and I got into an argument with her father about the war and about the Green Beret captain, Dr. Howard B. Levy, who was on trial for refusing to train medics to serve in Vietnam. 
My father could hear the voices as we were arguing, and he slowly made his way over to where we were. After a minute or two, he said, Bo, what? That was a full sentence for him, usually one or two words. I said, we're disagreeing about war and the war in Vietnam. My father just caught the word war and said, war, bad. Sita's father said, well, you see, Al, it's not that simple. This is a very complex issue. But my father cut him off, and it, this, <clears throat> but hit his cane hard against the floor for emphasis and said, war, bad. The conversation was over. A simpleton set us straight. Sita and I have applied this great teaching from my father frequently in our lives when our minds start to get too fancy, too clever for our own good, especially when we, got, when we get mired in blame or resentment of any kind or bitter feelings, when we feel depressed or when we feel like giving up. We often say in my father's halting style, war, bad, love, good. No excuses. No sophisticated chains of reasoning to justify our crap. Keep it simple. Ill will, bad. Good will, good. Giving up on yourself, bad. Trying harder, good. Self-pity, bad. Faith in your life, good. You can keep going with all the excuses or pairs of opposites you can think of. Each of us has the opportunity to be a force of love or a force of war a force of unity or a force of divisiveness, a force of goodwill or a force of ill will as we move through each and every day. Jesus said we should be innocent as doves, but sly as a serpent. We may need sly, sophisticated minds to make our way through this high-tech world, but our hearts are supposed to be simple like my dad's, where when, if, when it comes right down to it, the bottom line, even a simpleton knows God wants us to be kind to each other. Even a simpleton knows we should not be making all kinds of complicated excuses for slaughtering our fellow creatures or holding on to resentments against others. Try going through your day today with this simpleton's wisdom in your complicated modern mind. War, bad. Love, good. War can stand for everything bitter or divisive or cynical within you. Love can stand for everything patient, accepting, kind, and unselfish. Watch now as the mind resists such a simple heart. Watch how the mind begins to say, oh, but you see, this is a very complicated issue. And don't let it finish that sentence. The heart is not, as, is not a complex place. The heart is where we become as these little ones to enter the kingdom of heaven. My father couldn't fend for himself or bathe himself or tie his own shoes, but he knew what was right and what was wrong, and so do we. Keep it simple. All right, we'll be right back. Don't love 
<laughs> an awesome little girl. Okay. Um, let's see. I'd also like to um, mention a couple of things. Um, I did uh, finally figure out how to make the um, the programs um, available on iTunes, and it does take a couple of weeks. So probably by about this time next week, um, all of the previous shows should be available as podcasts on iTunes. Um, and um, again, I did want to uh, to remind you that next week's show probably will be canceled. So hopefully um, you can listen to the archived versions on iTunes or on Blog Talk Radio um, by visiting my page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash mt1. And I am going to um, I'm going to make an attempt to um, contact a little Taylor Crabtree and, and see if we can uh, get her to appear on the program for a brief interview um, on our next program, um, which is um, going to be the week after next. Um, again, I'd like to um, invite you all to uh, Jerry Danielson's CD release party on the 14th at 7 p.m. in in the Santa Clarita area, Valencia, California. Um, if you need more details, just go ahead and drop me a line on um, on the website there at uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash mt1. And I'm going to end the show by um, playing an, another song by Jerry. Uh, and um, I do want to encourage you, every everybody, to please be kind during the coming week. Take note of the kindness that you experience in your life. And uh, um, like I said, please attempt to be a glimmer of light in somebody's darkness at least once each and every day. Thank you, everybody. Looking for something to cover my heading for someone to keep me awake to the same thing every day. Looking for something to keep me alive. Keep me alive. I got two lips on my two lips. Oh,